Hey, 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 how's it going, Gold Street Garden family? Thank you for joining us for another podcast episode. This is Pastor Dominic, and I just want to thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be able to pour into your lives to reveal Jesus in greater measure to you personally. There is nothing more exhilarating than the daily rediscovery of Jesus. And what a beautiful, beautiful moment we get to share when we share it looking at the Lamb of God. We just want to let you know that if you want more info on the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. You can follow us on all the main social media platforms to stay up to date on all of what's going on in our community. We love you all and we pray that you are impacted deeply and greatly by today's episode and teaching. We love you all. God bless. Minister Eric came, the Lord really placed it on my heart, three words that we were going to camp on as a body. And they were these three words, humility, honor, and serving. Let's say that out loud. Humility, honor, and serving. Now we really hit on humility just a few weeks ago. And I want to talk about honor tonight. Now, honor is a, is a very big word to God. It is a huge word. And I want to I wanna lay some things out in Scripture to help you see that. But right before I do that, to recap when we talked about humility, I want to make sure you all understand that the verse, 1 Peter 5, 6 says this. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, that means, did you know that everyone has a due time? You know what I mean by that is you have a moment where you have maximum potential. There's a moment where you have your maximum impact or influence. Does everybody in this room believe that they have a calling on their life or believe that God has called them to do great things or at least have a huge influence in all those around you? Well, the way that you get to that place is based off your humility. You hear me? The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and then he will exalt you in due time. So your due time is completely attached to your humility. And we went through a story in 2 Kings that talked about a man of war, a very accomplished man of war named Naaman, and he had leprosy. He needed to be healed of it. And you know what? When he got to the prophet that could heal him, the prophet didn't do things the way that he wanted him to do. And you don't know how much pride you have until you don't get what you want. You hear what I'm saying? You don't know how much pride you have in you until you don't get what you want. And then you have to deal with that. You have to deal with what's going on in your heart because pride is a horrible thing before God. It says God resists the proud. How many, I just, just fair question, who wants to be resisted by God? You're not going to have a chance if you're resisted by God. But it says he resists the proud. It's a big deal to him. In fact, it says Lucifer, who is now Satan, fell like a lightning bolt from heaven when he became prideful. It was like God couldn't even stand it to be in his presence. You know how a lightning bolt falls so fast, strikes so fast that you actually see it after it happened. That's how quick God deals 
with pride in those arenas. So we were talking about humility, but the next thing you have to see is that honor is the language, the expression of humility. That that's where honor comes from, is it comes from a humble heart, okay? Now, with this being said, if you, if you turn with me to, to Exodus chapter 3, there's two main passages I want to go through, but Exodus chapter 3 says this. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and it's capitalized, the angel of the Lord, which this is talking about Jesus, appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Not, a, not, not, not burning that bush, okay? You hear, this is, this is a holy bush here. So it says, so he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside. Everyone say, turn aside. And see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. What gets God's attention is when somebody acknowledges him. Do you see that Moses turns to see something that God is doing. How, how quickly are people just to, you know, even when it comes to worship or it comes to song service, even in our culture, how sometimes it's like, no big deal. I can be on my phone when, I, when I'm singing to the Lord. I can, you know, I, I, I know this. You, I want to give a, a quick thing. You might not like some of the things I say tonight, I, but I, I want us to learn how to cultivate honor. We need to honor God. Do you understand? Like, is, is that foreign? Like, would you, if God was truly in the room manifested, would you want to be on your phone checking Facebook? Would you want to be checking your reach? When, when we come into the presence of God, we need to learn to honor. Now, that doesn't mean be legalistic. I'm not talking about being legalistic. It's talking about honor comes from the heart, not from rules. Do you see there's a difference? Now, Moses turned aside and he saw a great sight, and it says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, everyone say, the Lord saw. So it was when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, what then happened? It says that God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Now, when did God's voice enter? When Moses turned from the path that he was on and turned to who? God. Does, can everybody in the room testify that when life is a little crazy and when you don't, you know, Moses is on the run from, from murdering some, you know, he's off doing his own thing. But when, soon as you turn to God, soon as you acknowledge God, all the craziness of life, you hear your name get called by the King of Kings and everything begins to change. But it's about you making a turn. That you, it's up to you. It's not up to your neighbor. It's not up. You have to say, I'm going to turn. And when you turn, the voice of God comes. A lot of us are, are just marching down our own path saying, why can't I hear? Why can't I hear? Why can't I hear God? And God is waiting for you what? To turn. The Bible says, draw near to him and what? He will draw near to you. It's not the other way around. There is responsibility that you have. Men Listen up to me. Men, society will raise your families if you don't step into your God-given responsibility. 
Society will raise your families if you don't step into your God-given responsibility. That it's, it's up to you to create the culture in your home. And when we're talking about honor, you'll read real quickly. Did you know that the first, pro- you know the first commandment that comes with a promise in the Bible is? Honor your mother and your father. Why would that be the first commandment that comes with a promise? Because God wants to show how quickly he responds to honor. And why do children need to honor their mother and father? Because if they don't learn obedience when they're young, they won't obey God when they're older. Do you see that? It's a big deal. And what is our culture now doing? Our culture is now letting children have rights to decide what gender they are. Do you see what's happening? If the church doesn't teach honor again, if the church doesn't show people that we need to honor God, that it's not, it's not just okay for this to happen and this to happen, children need parents that love the Lord. And you, you'll find this out, that it says, what does it say to, with, with a married couple? It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Not just love them on holidays and try to post it on Facebook to make it look like you're a great husband. I'm talking every day when you don't feel like it, you love your wife. When she even gets on your nerves, you love your wife. And then what does it say? Wives, submit to your husbands. But that doesn't mean husbands, you submit to me, woman. Show me Jesus doing that on the cross. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then submission is the response to sacrificial love. And then you know what it says right after that in Ephesians and Colossians? It says, children, honor your parents because honor is the fruit of the matrimony of sacrificial love and submission. Children will automatically honor their parents if they see the gospel illustrated between mom and dad. Is that good or what? You don't have to demand honor from your children if you're illustrating it. And how, how quick are we to just be like, oh, it, it's okay, it's okay. Our, you see, God's patience is not his tolerance of sin. It's his mercy for repentance. God's patience is not tolerance of sin. It's mercy for repentance. The reason we're patient with people and kind to them is because we want to give them opportunity to repent. The world doesn't know any better, but you know him, which means you shouldn't respond to the world. You respond to the word of God. I hope I'm helping people tonight. I know that I'm coming on a little strong, but I, I, I've, this has been burning in my heart. I, I feel like Jeremiah. There's a word that's shot up in my bones, and I have to get this out because the reason we need to know honor is because do you know what honor is? It, it, it's the Hebrew word kabod, which actually is synonymous with glory. Did you know honor and glory are literally the same word in Hebrew? They're synonymous. And what is the glory of God? The manifested presence of God. And we need to learn to honor the presence of God. We need to learn how to be carriers of it. And you can't be a carrier of the presence if you neglect 
The word. The word is everything. There's so many people that, they're, they're, I, I know more people that say that, you know, you, you'll hear people say, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word. And people have all these words, but I'm like, well, do you got a scripture? You're getting words all the time, but like, what about the Bible? You know, God gave us a whole book full of words that actually Jesus said, I am the word. We need to make sure we're not getting away from the Bible and getting all caught up in spiritual feelings. And what? Because if you only worship when you feel his presence, you'll never feel it again. You got to get to a place where I'm just going to praise God no matter if I feel it or not because his word told me to worship. His word told me to praise. I don't need to feel something to honor him. My, my little girl... Well, you know, we're learning discipline right now, okay? And my little girl, she's four years old. And, you know, she doesn't feel like obeying Dada. And I don't just go, it's okay. You know, she's cute. You know, I'm not going to nurture rebellion in my home. Come on. I, I hope I'm preaching to some people. And I'm not going to nurture rebellion in church. We got to stop it as soon as it enters because we got to set standards of love because if the world comes in and sees the church operates the same way nobody's getting transformed we need to see honor you know i heard a pastor say this and it, it was it was funny he was saying that the lord dealt with him one time that it was right it was when his church had first gotten started and this is a very uh honorable man of god he's saying his church had just gotten started and he was he was over getting something ready before service, and somebody walked in and said, hey, preacher, can you come over here before service started? Hey, preacher, can you come over here? And he goes over and talks to the gentleman for, for like 20 minutes, and the guy's just giving him all these ideas, and it was right before he had to minister. And as the minister's walking away, the Lord said to him, he said, don't you ever do that again. He said, if, if you let that man think he can talk to you like that, that's how he thinks he can talk to me. And I was like, wow, wow. And how quickly do people not honor in the kingdom of God that it's just, you know, anything goes, it's all okay. That is not what this book talks about. Even in the New Testament, you ask Ananias and Sapphira what happens when you hold things back from God. They died on the, this is New Testament. God takes honor seriously. And in Exodus 3, it says, verse 5, Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. It's important for us to realize that this is God training Moses to realize every time you enter my presence, it costs you something. Take your shoes off. You're not coming in my presence without removing something. It's going to cost something to enter into a greater realm of the presence of God. Do you understand that if we just walk around just thinking, oh, it, you, know, I, I, you know, I kind of feel like this. And here's the three big things about honor that you need to, the radical definitions. If you ever study the word of God, when you break down Hebrew or Greek, you'll find that when you look into the languages, there's it's called a radical definition. And what a radical definition is, is that means that there are some words that kind of reflect this word, but then there's a few words that definitely, radically describe it. And the word honor, as we said, kabod, the first thing it is, is it means weighty. It weighs a lot. 
Did you know even old currencies, what would they call it? Pounds. Because the heavier it was, the more expensive it was. You, you, is everybody catching that? It's very simple. I, I, when you think about honor, there's, if you can turn to the other passage now, and that's what we'll camp for a while, 2 Samuel chapter 2, or I, I apologize, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Verse 30 of that, I'm just going to read real quick, and then we'll go through the story in a moment. Verse 30 of 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30 says this, For those who honor me, everyone say, those that honor me, I will honor. But it says, those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. This is the word. God says, those that honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. The word despise in our culture, you have to understand, despise, when we hear that word, we think detest, um, repulse. And that is an aspect of it, but one of the things that despise means when you break it down in Scripture is it just means, can I break it down for modern vernacular for you? No biggie. No big deal. Those that honor me, I will honor, but those that think no big deal, no big deal if I go to church, no big deal if I don't want to help. No big deal if I don't want to serve. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. What does God say? Those that honor me, I will what? Honor. But those that say, no big deal. It's not a big thing. It says that he's going to say to your things, no big deal. And this is, this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. But what I want you to know is that Jesus paid an ultimate price. And you know what honors God more than anything? When you honor the sacrifice of Jesus. Because your, revel your capacity to honor God is directly tied to your revelation of the cross. If you understand the price that was paid, you will live a life worthy of what was paid. You'll just do it automatically. That's why every day we need to know the cross and the resurrection, what? More and more, amen? So when we're talking about honor, this, I brought this up at the end of service last week, but it was so funny. Just last, not this past Sunday, not on Mother's Day, but the, the, the previous Sunday, check this out. We're getting ready to leave our house, okay? And I was out in the garage. I was on the phone with somebody. And the Amazon, has anybody seen the Amazon people before? The Amazon guy comes up and, you know, he drops a package off at the door. We're, him and I are waving. It's all, it's all good, but I'm on the phone, so I'm trying to be polite. But like, hey, you know, whatever, see you later. Um, and so, and I'm making my way into the house, and I heard my wife scream at a pitch I never heard before. So we're about to have a baby, so I'm thinking, oh, no, <laughs> it's happening right now. I was like, ah, and I, I, I heard her screaming a pitch that I hadn't heard before, and she said, there's an alligator at the front door, and I said, yeah, right. I said, no way. I, I said, I was totally honoring my wife in that moment. I was just like, no way. I the reason it couldn't compute in my head is because I was like, the Amazon guy just walked up to our door. So, like, the alligator, he would obviously, 
he obviously would have walked back past me and be like, hey, bro, um, <laughs> wanted to drop a package off, but you got an alligator, you know, a four-foot alligator at your front door. <laughs> but what this alligator must have came in between, like, five, ten seconds of time because I walk to the front door to see through, and there is a live four-foot alligator at our front door. And then I go outside, and all the neighbors are taking pictures. They're all like, they're all like, whoa! And 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 I was like, well, what do we do? And then this guy's like, oh, we call the you know the alligator hotline. I'm like, we have that? Like I didn't. I, it was like I learned so much in a matter of a few minutes. I was just like, this is a like, and you know. I'm, I'm glad somebody else is making the call because I'm, I'm on Facebook Live. Like, everybody check this out. I got an alligator at my front door. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to let all my family up north. And there's an alligator right here. And the reason I bring that story up again is because when we're talking about honor and there being a weight, you know, has anybody seen those, the little Florida yard lizards before? You know, they're, you know, they're like chipmunks up north, little lizards. You know, when I came down here to Florida, I didn't even know what these lizards were, but they're everywhere. We're, if you're in Florida, we're accustomed to these lizards, but if people aren't from here, they come here, they're like, what the heck is going on? Where are all these lizards coming from? But we're just, they're just like little flies, gnats to us. We're like, well, you know, what's the big deal? So if there would be a lizard at my front door, I would have a different approach than a four-foot alligator. Amen. Do you guys see that? That because there's a four-foot alligator, I have a different respect level for this specimen than I do a Florida yard lizard. There's a different weight of approach that I'm not going to just go up to the alligator and just shoo him away like I would a little Florida yard lizard. I'm going to approach it completely different because of the weight of respect I have for a four-foot alligator as opposed to a Florida yard lizard. Even when you're lifting weights, is you know, men and any burly women, if you want, you know, just like, <laughs> um, if there's, if there, when a, when, when a man's at a, doing a bench press, do you know the more weight that gets put on the, the bar, there's a different level of respect and approach to what you're doing. The more weight, you're, you know, you're not just going to like, you know, throw a whole bunch of, of weight, you know, all these 50s on both sides, like keep stacking them up and then just be like, all right, I'm going to try it with one arm. There's going to be a whole different approach. You're going to you're actually going to even want help. You're going to want to spot it because there's a different approach when there's more weight involved. You don't just, it's not trivial anymore. It's not just no big deal. Your life, I, I, and I, when I used to go to the gym alone, I got too cocky sometimes, you know what I'm saying? That I would put a little bit too much weight on and I would be going for weeks, you know, days on days and my arms felt a little chicken, you know, like a little like T-Rex arms, like not working right. And I would be all alone and then next thing I know, I'm looking over to, you know, big old Bruno in the corner like, please help me! Because I didn't have the right, I didn't have the right honor for what I was doing. I didn't, it didn't register 
to me. You see, once you understand who we worship, it changes the way you approach him. It changes the way you approach the things of God. No longer is it okay to just come in to the presence of God or do something that is related to God and act a fool and act like it's no big deal. You know, the church, at, we, words are a big deal to God. Amen? Words are a big deal. That's why Jesus is what? He is the word. And you know what the devil works overtime to do? He works overtime to deflate and eliminate God's definitions of words. Just think of the word love. And I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody here but because I, I do it myself. But how did the word love go from God is love to I love this hamburger? How did that happen? How do, how do words, like even in our culture, when it comes to truth, all of a sudden, my truth. You better watch that. That's demonic. It's straight from hell. My truth you know what truth is? Truth is true whether you know it or not. <laughs> just because you know it doesn't make it true. And there's a lot of people that are just exchanging. You see, repentance is exchanging your value system for God's value system. I'm going to say that again. Repentance is exchanging your value system for God's value system. That means all of a sudden the things that you didn't think were a big deal they're a big deal to him. So you got to change the way you think. Because what is repentance at its very core? Repentance means to change the way you think. And the visual of repentance is this, about face. It's a 180. And you acknowledge I was going the wrong way, and now I'm going God's way. Exchanging my value system, because what was your value system based on? Yourself. Your value system was completely based around selfishness. What can I get out of this? What, what you know, you know, because when we think of honor, we're usually thinking about, are people honoring me? <laughs> That's usually where our mind goes to. Is it, but the Bible actually says we owe man respect. We owe, you, know how, you know how you can honor somebody simply? Is go out of your way to find the best in somebody. That's how you honor somebody. I try to do that a lot. Like when I see somebody and I hear what, you know, I'm like, man, it's amazing. You know, what? God's doing in your life like that even if I see a bunch of wrong stuff I'll still go after the one thing they're doing right just to pull them up even higher that's how you honor people because when we were talking about lifting weights do you know if 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 you want to if you want to lift weight what do you got to do you got to get under it you got to get under it if you want to lift up the name of God you got to get under God you got to get under his you got to get under submission to be able to lift him up and there's so many people that don't want to pay that that price and see where that's at is this helping anybody tonight i'm just hoping that we're we're getting somewhere so words are a big deal to god like we said the devil works overtime to deflate and eliminate god's definitions and values um, but when we come to the realization of who god is we do realize very quickly that our value systems change i mean i never thought i would go to church as much as i do is anybody you know has anybody been there that like when i was partying in the world Going to church was not even on my radar. Like, if, if I was going to church, it was just to see if I could pick up a girl. 
You see what I'm saying? Like that was where my, my value system was at. But once you experience God, all of a sudden you're like, turn the music up. It's time to praise God. This is the best. Because my value systems changed. The Holy Spirit started working on me. I wanted to pray more. I, wanted, I, be, I started to honor the things of God. And the more you come to know him, the more you, you see what you need to honor. Amen? Can we say this out loud? Lord, teach me how to honor you. That's something we could pray every day, and the Lord will reveal things to you. Amen? So you can tell, you can tell how important God is to somebody the way they live. Do you know, if you work a job and it takes somebody five years to know that you love Jesus, there's something wrong, <laughs> right? If, you know, like somebody should know you love Jesus not by, not by being arrogant about all what you believe in. It should be so evident in the way that you speak. We said a while ago that you can preach the gospel all you want to, but until your character does, no one will listen. You know, you can preach the gospel all you want to, but until your character does, no one will listen. Well, what is, the, what, is, what is the key virtue of a character of God? It's humility. Jesus didn't come to the earth and, and establish his authority. through. He didn't release the authority of heaven through force. He released it through surrender. Did you know Jesus at any moment could have just lightning bolt? Like Peter talking up again. I'm so done with Peter. Screw this guy. Like he, at any, any time, he could have just been like, I'm done with Peter. I'm done with Downton Thomas. Why do I get, you know, he could have, any moment, the, the Pharisees, could you imagine? Jesus has all the power in the universe. Like the, these Pharisees are, are, are dogging him all the time. He's like, you know what? I don't mind the cross, but these Pharisees, like he, at any moment, he could just be like, poof. But he didn't, re- he didn't release his power through force. He released it through humility. You think when you get angry, you think if you wail your arms and break a few things, people will listen? It's demonic. If you're going to be angry, it says be angry at the devil. Be angry and sin not. So it's like you can be angry, but you want to direct it at what the enemy is doing to your family and pray. Submit to God. That's honoring God. You, you know, so, so many people are finding you, you have to watch. And there's, there's a few phrases I want you to, I, I, the Lord put this in my heart today. I wanted to share it that, you know, you need to know scripture above trendy Christian phrases. Do you hear that? You need to know scripture above trendy Christian phrases because the devil can stop trends, but he can't stop the word of the Lord. (laughs) So you got to get, you know, what are some catchy Christian phrases that kind of come? You know, a a phrase that I hear a lot that I think is actually damaging is the church isn't a building, it's people. There's truth to that, but what people are pretty much saying is, I don't need to go to a church. I'll just do whatever I want. I don't need to be submitted to anybody. I'll just do what I want. I'll go what I want. God, I'm submitted to God. I can, that's rebellion. You just got to call it for what it is. That all throughout the Bible, you'll see that God raised what? He raised men and women up. All throughout the Bible, it's, and even when the new church started, there was, there was a hierarchy not because it's, did you know that there's even a hierarchy 
in the Godhead? It's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you see any of them arguing? Holy Spirit's like, why can't I be God the Father? Just for a moment, you get it for eternity. Humans so quickly fight over position. They fight over all these different things. And that's where the devil gets, you know, if you don't, if you don't deal with rebellion, like right at the, you got to deal with it right at the, because it, it'll, it'll bring so much discourse. It'll bring so much. You got to, soon as, even when people start talking about other people, what are they doing? They're dishonoring. Soon, you know, soon as somebody comes to me about somebody else and I, know, and I know that person or know what's going on, I say, please stop. I was like, I, you know, we're not going to sit around and talk about it. I was like, if you want me to join you in prayer with them or with things like that, but I'm not going to just, my ears are not trash cans. I'm not just going to sit around and let you just talk bad about people because that's what the enemy does. He goes around and sows discord. How do we honor? We, what, we Once again, we find the best. Now, I'm not saying we don't deal with situations and stuff, but we don't deal with situations by, by just crucifying people with our words. If we truly want to help people or truly want to see things help, we're going to try to pray for restoration and say, I, I see that there's something in this person's life. How can we help them you know, truly see God's value in their life. You see, it's a whole different perspective. Everybody say amen to that, that we need to look out for one another. So when we see the other thing is, is you got to be careful that you don't use Christian lingo to excuse lukewarm behavior. You can't, don't use Christian lingo to excuse lukewarm behavior. Allow the word of God to raise the standard of your devotion. Allow the word of God to raise the standard for how you serve him and love him. Amen. So I know I told you to go there a little while ago. Let me read it to you as we're. First Samuel chapter two. <laughs> you know, it's so simple. I have this. This was in my heart. Let the word of God define God. <laughs> Is that simple? You should not have to find definitions from the world. The world is trying to tell us what love is. You got you to gotta resist that. Their, their idea of love is accept anything. That if you feel this way, we need to still, no, that's not what love is. Love is actually built on standards. Did you know when God created did you, what is one of the biggest questions people have about God's creation? Why did God put a tree in the garden? Has anybody heard that before? If, if God is all-knowing, like people act like they could be God better. That's, what, that's really what it comes down to. People don't realize that when they, even when they say, why would God allow this? Indirectly, they're saying, if I was God, I wouldn't have. It's dangerous territory. You got to be watchful with where your motives are in certain arenas. So what you see here is that why did God put a tree in the garden? It's because the only way you can tell if somebody loves is if there's a choice. The only way you can tell if somebody honors you is if there's a choice. How do you tell what who honors? I can tell what you honor in your life by your decisions. If God's not a big deal to you, 
then you won't, you won't really invest time in the Word of God. It's not a big deal. If, if the things of God aren't a big deal, you're not going to pray often because it shows you, you truly don't believe you'll get anything out of it. Right? But if you honor God and you truly see, you are going to want to be in the Word of God daily. You're going to want to pray daily. You're going to want to come to church regularly and be a part of a, a body that's going after the Great Commission because you want your life to what? Honor him. Is, that, is, this, is this simple? Do you, is that, would everybody say that this is things we need to hear as a body, as a church, that we need to learn? So when we see here in, in verse Samuel chapter 2, there was a, a priest and his name was Eli, in verse 22, it says he was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel and how they lay with women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Can I, can I, can I hit on a few things that maybe you haven't heard in a little while from the pulpit? Premarital sex is not okay. Premarital sex is not okay. The Bible is very clear on, on that. And we see right here that God is talking a lot about his own priest, his sons that are supposed to be manning the priesthood are sleeping with women outside the temple and stuff. You know what that shows me? Those boys don't honor God. And whose fault is it? The father. Because the father tolerated rebellion. The here, check. The father honored his children over God. When you tolerate things in your life that are from the enemy, it goes to show you honor those things in your life more than you honor him, because you would want to cut things out that displease him that are not okay. Is, is this okay? I, I just want to bring that God has a problem with certain things, and I'm seeing a culture, a church culture, that you can't tell who loves the Lord or not. Just because you raise your hand, does, because you raise your hand during a, a worship song doesn't mean you truly honor God. Just because you know Christian songs doesn't mean you honor God. It's from your heart. What did Jesus say to the Pharisees? He quoted Isaiah. He says, their lips they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How many Christians know lingo, know how to say all the right things, but their hearts are so far away from God that if they had the, the moment, they would, they would go out into the world and do what they want to do. I see Christians that are totally cool with going to clubs and getting drunk and things. Like, not okay. Sorry. Bible says be sober. Is this okay? I just want people to understand that the Bible, you don't want to play around with the devil. You don't want to get intoxicated. The Bible says, it says, do not be drunk with wine, but be full and filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you got people who are like, well, it's okay to drink a few. Is it? You gotta, you gotta be able to know when you can draw a line and see. I used to drink alcohol a lot. I used to get as drunk as I could. I used to do cocaine. Is anybody in the room a partier before they got? You know, I, you know, I knew I wasn't. It, it wasn't a party unless I couldn't remember it. That was what. And you have to realize that once you become born again, 
I wanted to get as far away from what was the world, and I wanted to honor God with my life. I know I'm talking some about holiness and things like that. I hope this is helping people because we need to draw a line in the sand because we're, we're talking about honor and that if we want the presence of God, who wants to experience the presence of God in a way they never have before? Do we believe that that can happen? Well, how is that going to happen if we don't honor him? If we don't honor him, we can't expect that we're going to see a greater presence of God if we're just ho-hum, you know, the prophet said it'll happen, so we'll just wait around till it does. No, we got, the Bible says to what? Prepare the way of the Lord. Isn't a, isn't a marriage ceremony so holy that what is it? All the, the guests are just still waiting for the bride to walk down. You know, they, you don't want obstacles in the, the aisle. You got to prepare the way because that bride, what is she wearing? Like, you know, a crazy $10,000 dress or not, just, but just, just wearing something that she could trip on or whatever. You can't have little dogs running around. You can't have kids playing trucks and stuff in the aisle. You know, you need a clear pathway to honor. Amen. So as we're reading here, I, we're getting there. Is that, are you guys still good? I feel like I'm coming on strong. Is everybody okay? Do we, do we, need, do we need to pray for healing at the end? Is it, is it okay that we preach the word of God again? Is it okay that we get corrected? The Bible is very clear. If I just get up here every week and we just say, ooh, just the presence of God, and we, just, we all just feel cuddly feelings, but nobody transforms. Nobody starts living holy. Nobody starts. And I'm not, once again, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm saying that from my heart, whatever it takes to honor God, whatever needs to be cut out so I can see him more clearly, see his kingdom come to pass. So it says, so he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil doings from all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. <laughs> Old Testament. <laughs> but they're in there. What you have to see here is that God is saying, this is not okay. Did you know that people that we face on a day, did you know hell is a reality? Did you know that people are headed to hell right now? Sometimes we don't like to even think about it or go there because of how crazy and how traumatic that is. But that, what it says that if somebody sins against God, that, aren't you so thankful for Jesus? With the cross and the resurrection, you know, it's not about how many good deeds you did. It's not about all the good works you did. It's not about how holy you're trying to live. The only reason you can stand before a holy God is because Jesus took his blood and, and stood in your place and said, I received the punishment for this man or woman's sins. And that's why Jesus is our mediator and so many people think that they're going to heaven because they hold doors open for their grandmother or they think that they, they do charitable works. It's not about that. You have to know him and know this price. 
And when you read, it says, then the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both in the Lord and men. And Samuel's going to come into the picture in a moment, and we're coming to the end. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, thus says the Lord, did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense and to wear an ephod and before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice? Do you see how God's so big on sacrifices? You can't take this lightly. Did you know that the Bible says that you are now a living sacrifice? In 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, Don't you know you were bought with a price? Therefore, honor God with your body. (laughs) What is the, the first thing the enemy challenged humankind with? Did God really say that? Do you see how quickly he wants to pervert God's word? We're not going to go there right now, but a quick study in Genesis chapter 2. Soon as man, God breathes life into man, you know God starts being titled this. Read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 2. It'll say, the Lord God did this. But before, when God was creating, it would just say, God created this, God created this. But soon as man comes into the picture, it says, the Lord God. Why would it change from God to Lord God? Because the Lord wanted to make it clear about the, the submission and the dominion that he is now the Lord God. You know when the enemy in Genesis 3, what he says? Did God really say that because he won't call him Lord because he comes from a rebellious standpoint? That You see, we don't want to make titles idols, okay? You don't want to make titles idols, but titles are just an endearment of respect or it's an endearment of, of just honor in a place, but not because, once again, if you have to demand honor, you're not worthy of it. Honor comes from, once again, the heart. But as we're, in verse 28, it says, did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? And then we said in verse 28, why do you kick against my sacrifice and my offering, which I've commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me? What did we say earlier? He honored his sons to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel of my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me for those who honor me, I will honor and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So you see how serious this is. And then if you go down to 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'm going down here. It says, now the boy Samuel, who's going to be the next prophet of the land, ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Do you know why the word of the Lord was rare? Because there wasn't any honor. Do you see that? There was no honor. So the word of the Lord was what? Rare. And it says that there was no widespread revelation. There's no revelation where there's no honor. Because revelation is the gift for honoring God and honoring his word. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle. How many people know that God will come through right before the last minute? There's nothing there. And it says, 
where the ark of God was while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And what did he say? I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and laid down. This happens two more times. Isn't it so amazing that Samuel is hearing God is calling him? And where does Samuel go as soon as he hears God calls him? He goes to the person he submitted to. You see that? That the reason so many people can't hear from God is because they're not submitted to anyone. They're not, and I'm talking about a godly, godly leadership. God, that when Samuel heard God, he immediately went to who he was submitted to. And I want you all to know that the voice of God, the voice of God always sounds like it, it comes from an authoritative place. That's why children in the room with your parents that, you know, as you're, you know, God could have picked any, anybody in the world to be parents for children. And that God uses that Holy Ghost filled parents can be the voice of God for their children, helping raise them up, helping to bring that to pass. So I just hope that this is resonating when it comes to glory and honor. We talked about the weight. It's also the value. Is this, is this blessing people tonight? Do we have a new, is this a good reminder about the honor of God? If everyone could close their eyes. There's a, uh, there's a story in Luke chapter 7, and it's about a woman that brings such a, an offering before Jesus that Jesus was asked by a Pharisee to come into his house. It was, his name was Simon the Pharisee, and he asked Jesus to come to his house, and this woman comes to the house as well, and she begins to use her tears to wash Jesus' feet. She uses her hair to, to, to just dry his feet. She has an offering that she gives, and at the end of the story, all those people were judging this woman for the way that she gave this offering, but you know what, Jesus, he spoke up and he said, you know, you had me at your house but you didn't, you didn't do anything for me. You didn't, you didn't bring me an offering. You didn't greet me with a kiss. You didn't do any of this. But this woman hasn't ceased to bring gifts to me and honor me the whole time I've been here. And you know what that story reveals to me? That Jesus takes notice to who honors him. He takes notice that even though that man welcomed Jesus into his home, he didn't consider it a big deal that Jesus was there. But this woman, she brought her best. And God knows who truly honors him. And true, it says he looks to and fro. He looks for hearts that are pliable towards him.